This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, Packers fans, and welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. You can find Game on Wisconsin at Game on WI. I hope everybody had a very nice Christmas. If you celebrate or any other holiday that you may be celebrating or is upcoming and that your year is winding down well, the Packers get a huge Christmas Day win over the Miami Dolphins 26-20 to at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami where there were snow flurries, the second coldest game in the history of the Dolphins franchise. The Packers are winners as the defense pitches a second-half shutout and the beat goes on. And the Packers are still alive. They're still in it. They're still alive. Big Santa visit and a big victory for the Green Bay Packers, who improved to 7-8 on the season and got a bunch of help earlier in the weekend, are now in even better position to push for a postseason spot with two home games left against the Vikings and the Lions. So let's talk about this one because this is exciting. This is a great place to be. We need... We're hoping to be here, but I think we were all very guarded optimism, cautiously optimistic. Some of us weren't optimistic at all. I didn't pick the Packers to win this game. Most didn't. I think those that were picking with their heads said, Miami just has too much firepower on offense. I don't think the Packers' defense is going to be up to the task. We've seen Green Bay struggle against offenses like this, speed like this, players like this. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert. We're all familiar with all three of those guys. And they did definitely posed a problem in their own way during this game. But let's just take a look at it. So going to Miami on Christmas, when the schedule came out, this was already one where we kind of were, were like, man, it's a holiday game. It's a road game. Are they going to be beat up? How are they going to be? And I think most of us thought the Packers would be in a better position by now. They'd either have, either have the division wrapped up, a playoff spot. They'd be pushing for a one seed again. I mean, they'd won 13 games, three seasons in a row. So there was no reason to think that this year was going to be that much different. And it turns out it definitely was. But here we sit, and the Packers are a team that's playing hot, playing with confidence, doing things they weren't doing when they were losing games. And so it's not about how it goes during the middle, how you start. It's how you finish the season. And the Packers are finishing better late than never-ish. And that's great. Let's take it. You know, many said this was the toughest game left on the schedule, and I agree with them. Even if you take into consideration how many games the Vikings are winning and that they just seem to be winning everything close and in in dramatic fashion. The big comeback win against the Colts last week. They survived the Giants this week. And the Packers' defense, like I said, struggling. The speed on offense by Miami didn't, didn't feel great coming into this. Could the offense keep up in a shootout? So before the game started... We learned no David Bakhtiari, and the Packers would also lose a few key guys during this game. So to start the game, I I said Keyshawn Nixon's going to have a big return in this game. I thought he might house one, and he almost did. He gets a 93-yard return down to the 7-yard line of the Packers' first possession after they give up a field goal. Miami starts with the ball. They're up 3-0, and the Packers are in business on offense. They're at the 7-yard line. This is not a luxury that we're used to seeing. This is not something 
that we've had in a long time. The, the Packers have not had a, a big kickoff like this in years. And now all of a sudden, Kayshawn Nixon is just the second coming of, I won't say Desmond Howard, because Desmond Howard was absolutely phenomenal in 96. But they got a returner. And if Kayshawn Nixon can stay healthy, and hopefully he's okay with the groin injury, because he was one of the players that did not play in all the second half when he left with the groin injury, if he can stay in and play, he's going to be a big, big boost for them. Unfortunately, on offense, the Packers did what they kind of do all season, which is they shot themselves in the foot right away. They actually moved backwards, and Aaron Rodgers takes a horrible sack, and the Packers have to settle for a field goal. So they tie at 3-3, but here we are in a road game where you've got to win against a, an opponent that looks better than you or that, that seems to or is better than you. You've got to score touchdowns. When you get inside the 10-yard line, you cannot settle for field goals. We've seen the Packers lose many games because they weren't able to convert touchdowns in that zone so here we are it's three to three and the the Dolphins get the ball back and our worst fears are immediately confirmed right there's a speed deficiency Jalen Waddle catches a ball and races for an easy long catch and run touchdown just outran everybody and it looked like this was going to be an issue all day long and that things could get out of hand if this is going to be the 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 easy sledding that the Miami Dolphins are going to have with these receivers. And it was concerning. I was concerned. Packers get the ball back. They answer with a big touchdown. Another one to Mercedes Lewis. Green, uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Mercedes Lewis. Good friends. Long-standing veterans. The two old, the two old dogs on the team. And Mercedes Lewis comes up with a huge, another big touchdown catch. And then the Packers force a punt. They get a stop. And they're driving. They end up in a fourth down situation. It's fourth and one. They, they go for it. They're in that midfield zone. To, you know, too close to punt. Too far to kick a field goal. It's fourth and one. Aaron Rodgers tries for Christian Watson on a deep shot play. Fourth and one again. Instead of getting the first down, he overthrows Christian Watson. He threw overthrow him by a lot. And they turn it over on downs. And the, the, and the questions about where is Aaron Jones? Why aren't they running the football? Why are they giving up on the run? We're all over the place. And this was another kind of interesting game where Aaron Jones didn't get used much and he did did a little bit down the stretch. It looked sounded like he rolled his ankle at one point during the game. And I think the Packers were limiting his snaps, but we didn't know that at this time. So we're wondering why wouldn't you just try to pick up the first down, keep the clock moving, and give yourself a better chance to score a touchdown or kick a field goal instead of being in no man's land around the 45-yard line. Well, Miami gets the ball back. And they get, a, they get a long pass to Tyreek Hill, who splits two safeties. Adrian Amos, Rudy Ford, who are not great. Adrian Amos, not having a great season. Rudy Ford, not a great deep cover guy. And they get down near the goal line, and they're able to run it in. And the Dolphins are churning. And now, it really looks like this is a problem. Right? I mean, the confidence level of what the defense can do was all but out the window at this point. Because it's like, well, Miami's just going to score on every possession because they're, they're running all over the place and, and they're getting, the guys are getting open and, and even if they're not open, they can catch and run and it just did not sound good. So the Packers get the ball back. They're inside their own 20 yard line. They face a, you know, they get, they get stopped. They're facing a fourth down. It's fourth and two. They're at their own 20. They attempt a fake punt, a direct snap to Dalen Levitt and he can't get the yards. The Dolphins are ready for it. They take over. And now they're already in field goal range. They're already in the in the Green Bay's red zone. 
and they end up adding a field goal. Now, the Packers were able to hold him to a field goal. Preston Smith comes up with a big strip sack on third down. Nobody there are able to recover it and make it a turnover. So the Dolphins extend their lead, and it's 20-10 to 10 at this point. And that seems like an insurmountable lead against what we've seen so far. Because all the things we were worried about are happening. The Packers can't keep up with Miami's offense at all. What we did not know is that that would be the end of scoring for the Dolphins. The Dolphins would not score another point all day. So Kayshawn Nixon, as I mentioned, went out with a groin injury. Romeo Dobbs takes over for him at kick returner. Dobbs tries to take the ball out of the end zone. He is not Kayshawn Nixon. He can't even get past the 15-yard line. So the drive stalls. The Packers don't do well backed up in their own territory. And they don't have the firepower to, to move the ball. So the Packers have to punt. And now Miami, with their fast, explosive offense, is going to get the ball with 2 minutes and 40 seconds to go in the first half. The Packers get a big play. It's a Raheem Mostert run. Jerron Reed forces a fumble and recovers the fumble. The Packers get the ball back. They drive down. A.J. Dillon ends up getting stuffed on third and one. But Rodgers finds Christian Watson to convert on a fourth down. Christian Watson, been a huge part of this offense, has emerged as the Packers' number one wide receiver. Comes up with a big catch. Packers convert. They can't get another first down, but Mason Crosby is up for the task. He hits a 46-yarder, and the Packers bring it to within one possession. It's 20-13 to going into halftime. Coming out of the half, Kayshawn Nixon's ruled out. He won't be back. Christian Watson and Yash Nyman are also hurt. Neither of them would return as well. Nyman with a shoulder injury, Christian Watson with a hip injury on the fourth down conversion. He did not return. Rodgers gets the, the Packers have the ball. Rodgers ends up getting a fourth down conversion on a quarterback sneak. Gets a conversion. Made a few plays with his feet in this game. Went a little vintage. And there was a big third and long that was a nice catch and run to Patrick Taylor who stepped in to keep the drive moving and get into Dolphins territory. Now, the next play was was absolutely incredible. Now, Patrick Taylor's in the game. He makes a fantastic pickup and uh, pass protection to give Aaron Rodgers time to shift to his left a little bit and throw it deep. Mercedes Lewis, who runs about as fast as you or I, somehow gets behind the defense and grabs a deep ball inside the 10-yard line, which was an amazing catch. I don't think Miami was ready for it either. I didn't have Mercedes Lewis deep on my bingo card. It wasn't on the parlay either. But big play from your from your big players, and he made another one. A.J. Dillon powers down to the one-yard line on first down, and then, he, and then he gets in for the touchdown on second down, and it's a tied ball game. Now we've got a tied ball game. Brand new, 2020. So the Dolphins are going to get the ball back, but the Packers have a little bit of momentum going on right now. So the Dolphins are able to convert on a fourth down, but Devontae Wyatt is in the game and making his presence felt. He helps force a third down stop, and then Miami's forced to, to try a field goal. They miss. They miss the field goal. So it stays a tied game. The Packers get the ball back. More momentum. More momentum. But remember, Yash Nyman is not in the game, so replacing him is Royce Newman. Royce Newman comes in and takes over at right tackle and immediately gets called for holding. 
which is a big setback, 10 yards. Rodgers looking for Lazard in the end zone, gets picked off. And the officials let a lot of contact go in the passing game. And so no no penalty was called. Interception stands. It's a touchback. Dolphins take over on offense. This is where either Miami's offense got too cute, too confident, or Green Bay's defense just turned up. And we'll talk about that in a little bit because they did turn up, and we'll find out why. So Tua Tagovailoa sails one over his wide receiver right into the arms of Jair Alexander. Packers get the ball right back, and he returns it inside the red zone. Packers are in prime position to try to do something here. You get a ball batted down at the line of scrimmage. The Packers get a delay of game, but there's a roughing the passer penalty. It puts the Packers inside the 10. It was a ticky-tack call, but these roughing the passer penalties have been getting called all season by all, all different officiating crews. It's very frustrating. It was it was a it was a push. It was barely the kind of thing that you see called in past seasons, but for some reason this year, they're calling the hell out of pass interference and the Packers benefit. So they get inside the 10 yard line. AJ Dillon fumbles a snap, but he recovers it. He actually picks up a couple of yards there. They get a loss of yards on a swing pass to Alan Lazard and can't find anyone in the end zone on third down. So Mason Crosby comes in, kicks a field goal, puts the Packers up by a, by a score of 23-20. to 20. Now, Mason Crosby, by, by playing in this game, set the Packers' record for the most consecutive games played, which is incredible when you think about the Ironman streak that Brett Favre had and how he never missed a game in, in how many years, played so many seasons, and Mason Crosby broke, broke that mark, which is, which is awesome and incredible. A big testament to him. He's been really good. He was excellent. Made all of his kicks in this game. And the Packers have a lead. They have a lead. So the Dolphins get the ball. They get a big third down conversion to Waddle. And then you get Tyreek Hill over the middle in Green Bay territory. And it looks like Miami finally found their offense again. And here we go with the speed. Right? Tua gets picked off by Devondre Campbell. Campbell picks the ball off. Packers take over with the ball. And a three-point lead. There's six minutes left in this game. They get a big conversion to Romeo Dobbs, who stepped in in the absence of Christian Watson. They get another big conversion to Robert Tunyon. And then out of a timeout, a holding by Josh Myers. First and 20. Aaron Jones comes in. He gets 19 of those yards back on the very next play. This was the play where Alan Lazard took out three Dolphins defenders who tripped over each other on one block. So the Dolphins start using their timeouts at this point. And there's a defensive offsides. It gives the Packers a first down. Jones loses a couple yards. A.J. Dillon nearly breaks up the middle and scores on third, third and short. Can't get in. Dolphins use their final timeout. Uh, a, a Dillon run, or uh, it was third and short. A Dillon run can't convert. He gets stopped. So Crosby kicks another field goal to put Green Bay up 26-20, which we know ended up being the final score. The Dolphins did get the ball back. They had two minutes, no timeouts. And on second down, Tua throws the ball to I'm not sure who because the closest player to it was Rasul Douglas, who fortunately was up for the task. He comes away with the pick. Packers kneel it out, win the game for the second straight year. A Rasul Douglas pick seals a Christmas win. Last year, it was against the Browns. So the Packers are 7-8. and eight. That's how it went down. And now they just need to focus on winning their own games. 
They're in a bit of the driver's seat. They need some help, but they're very much in better better shape now. They just need to win their games and keep an eye on Washington. If Washington loses one of these last two games, they've got Cleveland at home, and then they're at Dallas to finish the season. And if the Commanders lose one of those two and the Packers win out, they're in. Green Bay is in. It's as simple as that. Had the Packers lost this game, the number of things needed was going to be one hell of a flow chart. I'm glad we don't have to worry about that. So how did this defense get their, their you-know-what together? Well, apparently Jerry Gray had some words for his secondary at halftime, and they responded in a big, big way. And for all the criticism for the coaching staff during the middle of the season, the Packers have responded and continue to play hard in all phases of the game. The defense pitches a shutout in, the, in, in half number two. In a huge game on the road, they got a win. They get three interceptions. They had four turnovers on the day, only turned it over one time. They won the turnover battle, something I said they were going to need to do. The Dolphins were going to need to make some mistakes. The Packers were going to need to capitalize. They did. With Nixon out, there goes your nickelback. Now you got Darnell Savage and Innis Games that, that have to come in and play, and they both held up. When you have your depth giving you quality snaps like that, you're going to do good things. And this time of year, everyone is dinged up. You need those guys down in the depth chart to be able to play. It's just a simple fact. You're going to find a diamond in the rough late in the season. You need everybody to be ready to come in and make a play and take over and be confident. And the Packers have that. The special teams are much improved. I mean, dare I say they're becoming a plus because they're covering well. They're getting big returns with Kayshawn Nixon. Crosby's kicking well. They're doing, they're doing okay in the punting game. Like they're just, they're getting it done. They're doing well. They believe in themselves. The offense is finding production with the growth of Watson, Dobbs, squeezing in some help from the usuals. Randall Cobb, Lazard, Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, the running backs. Aaron Rodgers looked lost during a losing streak. He had the broken thumb. Nothing was going well. They weren't getting the hand signals, whatever. Now he's leading this offense in a way that has them confident and able to do what they want to do. They can run the offense. They're confident. He's going to make the throws. Guy's going to catch the ball. There's going to be running lanes. Rodgers can still make the throws. He's trusting his young receivers, giving them a chance. He even made a few plays with his feet, like I said, although let's ditch that pistol. Uh, I don't know what that was all about, but let's not see that again, okay, shall we? But credit to Matt LaFleur and his staff, which includes Joe Barry, for keeping it rolling because now they return home. They don't have to travel for the next two weeks. And they've got to be confident as hell. I mean, I think they feel like they can win two home games. It's been hard to trust that things were going well during the week of practice while they were losing. Like, what are they doing? And we wondered if there were issues behind closed doors. Is there a confidence problem? Is this locker room falling apart? This team's won 13 games three years in a row. Suddenly they can't do anything right. What the hell is wrong? But they are now. And better late than never. You know, it may still be too late, but... Here we sit at the end of the calendar year and we're going to go into 2023 and the Packers are still playing meaningful games with a chance to do something special this season, whether you believe they will or not, they're in it. It ain't over. And and actually, these games mean more heading into the final two, which is something I don't think many of us thought we were going to be be seeing was going to be the case a month ago. And I think some 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 do still think this is all for nothing. You've got the naysayers out there. Oh, the Packers will get in, sure, but then they'll get trounced by the Niners again. Well, so what? Get in and see. I think we'd rather have a chance to see that happen and maybe not happen 
and take our chances, whether it does or doesn't, then no, right now, today, it's not going to happen because they're out. They can't get in. They don't have that chance. We've been in get in and see territory before. I don't need to tell everybody what that was all about. We've been there before. We've also seen this team have one seeds and bye weeks, and it didn't end up panning out or meaning anything. So once the tournament starts, it's a new season. It's a new ball game. Just get in. They play the games to win in the NFL and see who can win it all. They don't do this. They don't go out and play for three hours and play 17 games just to try to minimize as much disappointment as possible and rack up draft picks. That's just not, that's not how these guys are wired. Give me all the drama and excitement over knowing that these last two games mean something rather than know that they don't mean anything. And hey, we got a top 10 draft pick. So what? There's been a lot of top 10 draft picks that didn't pan out. I'd rather win games. I'd rather see the team win games. And I, I think the idea that a team competing for a playoff berth isn't somehow a best case scenario is ludicrous. It's, it's ludicrous to me. So one game at a time. So now it's home to host the Minnesota Vikings who are still a better team, but they are a dome team. They're coming to Lambeau and it is going to be cold. It's going to be a cold one. So I think the Packers like their chances. I mean, Minnesota has had to survive. Most of their wins this season have been very close. I mean, if you throw the Packers game in week one out, most of them have been within one possession. The last two weeks in a row, they've had to grit it out and figure it out. They've had some really lopsided losses. The big loss to Dallas. They lost to the Lions a couple weeks ago. I mean, last season, the Packers had this same scenario where they were hosting the Vikings. Now it was Sean Manning, a quarterback, and the Packers ended up getting a big win at the end of the season. Ended up being their last win of the, of the year last year. So the last time the, the Packers beat a Kirk Cousins Vikings team was the opener in 2020. And if you want to go back and you want to say, well, when was the last time they beat Kirk Cousins and ha- had fans in the stands was the second game of 2019. That was almost three years ago. So for whatever that's worth, you know, it's, a, it's going to be a late afternoon game. The Vikings have given up the most passing yards in the league and they're better, but they're better against the run, but they're not elite. By a long shot. They still have Eric Hendricks, Harrison Smith, what's left of Patrick Peterson. They've got Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith rushing the passer. Offensively, Justin Jefferson is in the conversation for best receiver in the game. He just broke Randy Moss's Vikings record for receiving yards in a season. He is on his way to being maybe better. Uh, how do you get better than Randy Moss? But Justin Jefferson may be it. Dalvin Cook is running extremely well behind a good Vikings offensive line. Kevin O'Connell has been very good in his first season as head coach. Vikings have a lot of good things going for him. Kirk Cousins is, is not losing games. He's making making throws. He's trusting Jeff and Justin Jefferson to, to win matchups. He's giving him chances instead of checking it down. I mean, Minnesota is going to come into this, this game with their guns blazing because they're still fighting for a top seed. They still have a chance to overtake Philadelphia, who lost to the Cowboys and with Gardner Minshew while Jalen Hurts is nursing his sprained shoulder. So the Vikings are still in the hunt for the one seat. They got a lot to play for. And they also don't want to see the Packers get into the playoffs because if they're the two seed and Green Bay's the seven, it's Green Bay at Minnesota in the wildcard round. And having to face a hot Packers team for the third time in, in, a, in a season, that's not a great spot to be in. Whether you think you're a better team or not doesn't matter. So both of these teams are going to treat this game like a playoff game. And the Packers have to. They literally can't afford a loss. The Vikings want to keep the Packers at home. 
So Green Bay is going to open up as a three and a half point favorite. We'll see if that line moves throughout the week. It's basically a push on a neutral field. And the Packers will await news on some of those guys who did not return. It sounds like Christian Watson's hip injury is not a huge concern. We'll learn more about Yash Nyman and his shoulder. Kayshawn Nixon with a groin. Groin injuries obviously tend to linger. So it'll be a concern as they move throughout the week of practice. But we'll see what, what comes of it. I know Nixon did speak after the game. He seemed to be in good spirits. They've all been key, key contributors. So they need him. They need all their horses. They need all the best best players they can. I mean, Nixon has injected massive life into the special teams. He's the nickel. He's become a heart and soul on defense. It's a huge loss when he's not out there. And Nyman was really good at left tackle when David Bakhtiari wasn't ready to play. Moved to right tackle. Has played well over there. And is going to be needed because he's obviously a much better option than Royce Newman at crunch time. And especially against a really good Vikings pass rush in front that has Hunter and Zadarius Smith. So Bakhtiari can be ready to go next week in recovering from his appendectomy surgery. That's that's a huge, huge gain for the Packers. They lost him two years ago at the end of the season. That ended up being a huge, huge issue in the playoffs. So Royce Newman, you know, comes in in relief, had some issues. So him having to play now when these games are so crucial and the margin for error is next to zero is not what you want. You want your starters in there. You want Bakhtiari, you want Nyman in there. So how does this game with the Vikings turn out? Because there won't be, you know, next the next time I do quick slants, the game will be over and I'll be breaking down the Vikings game and looking ahead to the final game of the season and, and what it means and what happens. Well, so it's obviously early in the week. But as much as I had a hard time picking the Packers during their, their bad streak here, I feel like now I'm, I'm going to have a hard time picking against them, especially at home in December, and needing to win to do something with this season. I just think all those things set up for the Packers to play their best game. And I do think Justin Jefferson is going to be an issue. TJ Hawkinson, like all tight ends, will be an issue. Dalvin Cook is and always will be an issue. But that's also what Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Raheem Mostert were for the Dolphins on Sunday. And the Packers survived. They found a way to make more plays and get ahead. And they were ahead when the clock turned zero. That's all that matters. So I mentioned it's going to be a cold one. So warm up a little bit. It's only it's going to be in the upper 30s. There's a chance of rain in the forecast on Sunday. And it's a late afternoon game. So it'll be dark by the time it's over with and, and chilly. In, in those elements, I just don't foresee a ton of points being scored. I could see a lot happening between the 20s, but we'll see what happens when when they get into scoring position and those types of things. The run game should get a lot of play. Packers have been able to convert first downs, burn up some clock. So I'm going to go with a 24-20 Packers win. And they even it up at 500, 8-8 with one game to go. Minnesota finally comes up short in a close game in a comeback attempt, or maybe they blow the lead. But either way, the Packers get the win. And this thing really turns up to a fever pitch for Week 18. And if you're on Commander's Watch, they'll play in the early game. They host the Browns, so we should know the result of that game by the time the Packers and Vikings kick off in their game. Packers can't, I don't believe there's any scenario in which they can clinch any kind of playoff berth by simply beating the Vikings. They're still going to have to win the last game of the season. But focus on this one, and I know the Packers will. I think they're dialed in, they're locked in. I think they're past their worst football of the season. They're ready to make something of this year. And it's about time. It's time to beat the Vikings. It's time to beat Kirk Cousins. Play a great game. Remind everybody that they're still a force in the NFC North. 
and kind of put a scare into the Vikings and the Lions that they're coming, that they they can't be counted out, that they're they're not dead, and they're just as much of a threat as any other playoff team out there. So thanks again, everybody, for following along. It's always so much more fun to do these after the Packers win, and especially on a holiday, after a great holiday, and, and some of us are on a bit of a break now, maybe if you're you get some time off, much deserved time off. Hope everybody has a great week. Take care of yourself. Stay warm wherever you are. The weather is crazy out there. Be careful driving. Take care of each other. And the most important thing, though, is keep flying that green and gold. There's still plenty of reason to do it. Packers have everything in front of them. And it starts on Sunday afternoon against the Minnesota Vikings. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Jason Perrone. I'm at Jason Perrone, Game On Wisconsin, at Game On WI. Everybody, hope your week's off to a great start and you're heading into a great finish to 2022 and ready to ring in 2023. As always, stay warm, stay safe, and go Paco. Off play action, back to the throw, Prescott with time. Right it over the middle for the hands of Cooper. Intercepted. Jair Alexander to the 20, cutting left, 25, 30, 